0: Everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. We are going to go through some big news that happened this week, but before that, this is after all the weekend warm up, and you might have expected Chuck Smith to be on this, but you know what? Chuck needed a break, so I'm stepping in for him and as usual, we'll dive into a week that has been chock full of news, just because I couldn't make a pun out of Samrin and dues, So, let's start with the big one. Sadio Mane is now officially a Bayern Munich player. I think he looks much better in Bayern Munich Red than he ever did in Liverpool Red. And Tom can argue me down on that all day long. But the Liverpool red is really an ugly red and the Bayern Munich red is a beautiful red. So, welcome Sadio. This transfer to me signals that Bayern can still make huge transfers when need be. The club has come under criticism recently because of Brazzo's transfer dealings. The last big one was Sané, and Sané has by no means been an astounding success. He seems to be more of what we already have, inconsistent winkers, i.e. Gnabry. Koman has become more consistent ever since that Champions League winning goal, but before that, we had very similar issues with Kingsley Coman too. So, Mane's transfer is a signal that Bayern can still do business and have players in their prime move from the Premier League to the Bundesliga. It happened with Sané. Nothing anyone said could convince him to stay on at Manchester City. And now it is happening with Sadio Mane who probably felt a little bit underappreciated at Liverpool given just how much care there was involved in taking care of Mo Salah. Sadio Mane could not, I think, even fully celebrate the success of winning the African Cup of Nations because of Salah's involvement in his country's defeat. And he's coming to a club where he is a huge transfer and he will undoubtedly be appreciated. To stay on the Mane topic... Another thing is Bayern is usually very reluctant to extend players beyond the age of 30 beyond a 1 year uh beyond 1 year. So the fact that they bought Mane who is 30 years old and he has a contract till 2025 shows that that policy might be changing a little bit. Uh just before maybe 10 to 15 years before in the game playing beyond the age of let's say 32 or 33 was not necessarily seen as the norm for goalkeepers it was the norm nor is doing it right now but years ago other keepers were doing it as well but not so much for outfield players and not really so much for playmakers and strikers and uh, dynamic players so that is no longer the case in recent times As we have seen, Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, and of course our very own Robert Lewandowski and Karim Benzema, to name a few examples, Luka Modric, Tony Kroos, I could go on and on, our players who are well beyond 30, but are showing just how capable they are and the fact that even if they have slowed down a little bit, Lewandowski hasn't, but Modric definitely has, that they still have the capability of performing at the very highest level and even winning Champions League medals. So... Maybe Byron is adapting to modern times. Maybe Bayern is adapting to the fact that the shelf life of an outfield player is no longer limited to him turning 32 or 33, etc. That a player can be 36, 35 and still be playing at the highest level. So the fact that Mane comes in after what was a relatively dismal season for Byron is also, for me, a signal that Bayern's status was not hit by what happened last season. That Bayern still remains a very attractive destination, that the best of best are willing to come and join what has unfortunately been often referred to as a Farmers League. English pundits have gone as far as to call um, the lack of success of players such as Timo Werner the bundesliga tax which is really demeaning because as any viewer of the Bundesliga will tell you it is a fantastic open league so the problem may be with the Premier League as opposed to the Bundesliga that it is not as open and teams like bottom feeder teams such as let's say um, Burnley fighting for relegation would rather play by defending with 10 instead of just opening up and going for it I've seen Bielefeld try to go for it against Bayern. I've seen a relegation-threatened Stuttgart try to go for it against Bayern. Most of the time, it tends to fail abysmally. But sometimes it works. And when it does, it's a thing of beauty. So, whatever everyone else's preconceived notions about the Bundesliga might be, especially those who don't watch the league on a day-to-day basis, I don't think enough players pay that much mind to it. The fact that Mane comes from the Premier League to the Bundesliga at a time when Bayern was kicked out by Villarreal. Yes, Villarreal from the Champions League in a very, very dismal two-legged affair shows that both the Bundesliga and especially Bayern continues to hold some clout. And also, this transfer is different than the rest that we had over the summer. There is There is... No surprise to me that players like Gravenberg and Masrawi view Bayern as the next step up. They come in from Ajax which remains a spectacularly good club and I have all the world of respect for Ajax and what they do especially at the academy level but these players want to try their luck at a more difficult league and so they come to the Bundesliga and if Bayern comes calling it is hard to (laughs) turn down Bayern. But the fact that Mane moves from the Premier League to the Bundesliga shows that it is not just the up-and-coming fantastic talents who want to come and join Bayern. It is still the, like of establ- it's still the likes of established players such as Mane who crave a new challenge after, I think he was at Liverpool for six years. After six years, they can still see themselves in a team such as Bayern. So, that sort of settles the Mane talk, um, which we can sort of now move on to how the team might look. But, I actually have no idea what the team might look like. I don't even want to guess at what the team will look like for next season. I want to talk about who the front man will be in that team. Whether Bayern will play with a number nine, with an actual number nine, or with that one. Because Robert Lewandowski just about seemed to be out the door. However, when Bayern Munich tell you, you cannot be out the door, it is hard to defend against that. Next season, he can leave and he can go to Barcelona on a free transfer and Barcelona does not have to sell 75% of their squad to find a way to finance the move. Lewandowski's heart seems to be in Spain. If not Spain, Chelsea. If not Chelsea, PSG. He will go anywhere but Bayern. But Bayern seems to have put their foot down and everything that i have heard from the higher ups at the club uh in the past few weeks have seemed to signal to me that we're not letting robert go easily and of course we had this debate before with i need no name and and um i believe teddy sun as well in their in their podcasts in their flagship shows about whether Lewandowski's goals are worth more or the transfer fee that we will get for Lewandowski is worth more? Because Lewandowski easily guarantees 30 goals a season and lately he's been guaranteeing 40, 50 goals a season. So are those goals worth more or is a 50 million transfer fee for Lewandowski worth more? And at the time, the fee wasn't thought to be 50 million. It was thought to be around 35 to forty. So the idea was that the goals were worth more. Even with a $50 transfer fee, I am still going to say that Lewandowski's goals are worth more. I think with the team that Bayern is assembling, they have more of a shot of competing not just in the Bundesliga but in Europe next season and not be so open to a shock to a... Relatively smaller team, and this is no slight on Villarreal. I think the world of them, I think what they have achieved with the population as small as theirs is incredible, and they've always put up a great fight against the so called giants of the game. But I guess that now, with this team that's being assembled, I don't think that Bayern would have lost that game if we still had the same players in place. If we had a Mane, and we could have put, we could have set an inconsistent Gnabry, and inconsistent Sané aside and played Mane, maybe the result might have been different. If we had Mazraoui and Gravenberg, then we would have had more options in midfield than a tired Kimmich or a tired. Gretzka I can't even recall if Gretzka played actually because he had just had so many injuries over the past season so this is not the first time that Bayern will make a player stay against their will they did it with Frank Ribery they did it with Lewandowski countless times every year there were flirtations with Real Madrid every every single year Bayern put their foot down and said no Lewa's was not up for sale you can pay us a billion dollars and we're not a billion euros and we're not down to sell lower. that seems to still be the case and I can probably think of many other examples too where Bayern put their foot down Michael Ballack left but ever since then Bayern has usually been able to hold on to good players they were not particularly sold on Tony Kroos So it was not a shock for me to see Crows leave. But the core of the team over the years has stayed together. Uh, Thomas Muller was never really up for sale although Bayern had offers coming for him. And as we remember Frank Ribery and Barcelona was set to be a love affair back in the late 2000s but It didn't turn out to be the case, and Byron held on to him as well. So overall, I think Byron can actually force Leva to stay here because Byron is holding the card here. He still has one year left on his contract. He has made these strangely emotional pleas in the press, and I don't say they're strange because of the emotions but they were very unlewa like ways to behave. He has been such a professional over the years that his recent quotes which may just be lost in translation a little bit about how being at Bayern is not emotionally working out for him seem a little out of place and strange to me because yes the Holland situation was not handled properly. And I think Chuck mentioned in an earlier podcast that maybe Bayern should have gone all in for Haaland instead of having a half, half-hearted half approach because it was, it seemed it was neither here nor there with either Lewa or Haaland. Like, either you extend Lewa or you go full in for Haaland. And Bayern didn't really do either and kind of got caught in the middle. And this, I would put on Brazzo and on Khan as well. But the thing is that it was not so so big a sin that Lewandowski who Byron has done everything to please who I believe is the highest played player in the team can just cry foul and decide it's time for him to leave it's not that simple and if I were Byron I would probably consider holding on to him because like I mentioned to me his goals are worth more than the transfer fee especially with so many new players coming into the team it is good to have a striker who has been at the forefront of everything Bayern since 2014 who has taken care of the business at the front of the pitch for so long for Bayern I don't think holding on to him for one year is a bad idea and even then, even at the end of that year, I think Barcelona, PSG, Chelsea, everyone will have lost interest to an extent. is not getting any younger. And nobody might want him with quite the force that they want him with this year. I also don't really know how how much truth there is to PSG and Chelsea's interest. I've I've seen and heard reports that Chelsea have made, um him there Number one target to replace Romelu Lukaku. If Lukaku leaves, I'm not sure what's going on with that right now. I've also heard that PSG is looking at the situation in a very interesting manner. And if Lewa goes to either of those clubs, I'll be really disappointed. At least Barcelona, in my eyes, still stands as a real club. Lewandowski, who's represented Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich, two fan owned clubs, two clubs with heavy fan involvement. If he moves to Chelsea and if he moves to PSG, I wonder how he can sort of reconcile his social conscience with that. Of course, you know, he's a guy with a family and players don't have... uh, Players earning potentials in the short term is really high, but in the long term is not that high after they retire. So I understand him taking a last big pay deal and um, going ahead and... Starring for one of these clubs, but I will still be a little disappointed in Lewandowski. At the same time, what strikes me as a little strange is that although Byron remains on message when it comes to, no, we are going to keep Lewa, he has a contract, he has to honor it, etc., etc., their interest in Sasha Kalajic still stands. I, I saw conflicting reports on this because I saw that um, I saw some reports stating that Kalajic may Kalajic is not being courted by Bayern that much anymore, and even Dortmund have lost a little bit of interest since they have they uh, are thinking of getting Halle, or I think that may be a done deal. Okay, that is not quite yet a done deal. But that interest in Sasha Kalajic had cooled all around. But today I saw a report emerging that Bayern is still interested and that Kalajic may have turned down other potential suitors to be able to go to Bayern. In no world do I think Sasha is a starter for Bayern. Bayern might just be looking into him as a backup option. But the third lesson that I sort of learned this week was that Bayern may not be fully sure of whether they'll be able to hold on to Lewandowski although although everything that they have said to the press seems to show insistence on keeping the Polar striker so let's talk about Kalajic a little bit here we at BFW have been split on Kalajic because some of us really like him, some of us think he's okay. I am in the group that really like him. I think sasha Sasha's movement is quite excellent for someone his size and if you can do it for Stuttgart, a relegation f- threatened a relegation fighting. Uh, Stuttgart which he did last season and a lot of the reason why Stuttgart had such a terrible season last year was because last season was because Sasha was injured for long spells so I think Kaleich could be a good addition. He won't be anything like Lewandowski but I could see him emerge into a Mandzukic type striker Bayern for so long relied on the wings to produce the goods for the frontman or the frontman whether it was Mario Gomez, whether it was Mario Mandzukic, whether it was Ivica Olic, they relied on the brilliance of Robin and Ribery and Muller to find space to create chances which they would get at the end of. And Lewandowski, let's not forget, is heavily reliant on Thomas Muller. So he could go to Barcelona, but there's no Thomas Muller waiting for him there because, as we know, Muller is the player who has scored the most goals against Barcelona in Champions League history. So he he doesn't have that partnership. If he goes to Barcelona or because it takes years to develop that kind of a partnership. But my point being here that Bayern has previously relied on the excellence of wingers to win competitions rather than on a world-class striker. In my memory um, of the time that I've watched Bayern, I think I've never really seen, seen Bayern play with an extraordinary Striker. So my memory dates back to Roy Mackay. I have seen videos of Giovanni Elber, but I was not watching Giovanni Elber live. So during that period, from Mackay through to Lewandowski, I don't ever remember Bayern having a world class striker. Of course, Garrett Muller is from another era, is of course maybe the most brilliant striker in the history of the game, but Lewandowski coming to Bayern and a brilliant striker playing for Bayern was a little bit new to me. We, Manzukic is brilliant in his own right too. But Lewandowski has so many more angles and dimensions to his game. And Bayern could then change to a reliance on average wingers, on a brilliant striker to bail out average wingers. And this is not me saying that Gnabry and Coman and... Uh, Sané are not talented. I still have high hopes for Sané because he's immensely talented. Uh, Kingsley Coman, as I've mentioned time and again, after the Champions League final, he has been nothing short of brilliant. At the same time, their inconsistency means that Lewandowski has had to bail out Bayern time and again, especially in the Bundesliga. So Bayern might just think Mane and maybe Koman, maybe answers to their prayers, and they may be the two excellent wingers that provide service for a serviceable, okay striker who has potential to develop into something more, such as some will say about Kalajic. Although, like I said, I think of him as more. I like what he can bring. He's a traditional target man. I like that kind of a striker. And I feel more teams are sort of starting to stray away from that model. Although, look at the teams who are winning the Champions League. Um, Karim Benzema was really, really important to Real Madrid's run to the final. If not, the win itself. So, as far as I'm concerned, I think Kalecic would be a welcome addition but it also makes me wonder if Lewandowski will stick around. So that's my third lesson of the week that Byron is not quite sure, even though they're saying things they're saying things otherwise if Lewandowski will stay around. Sasha might come in as a number two, but I just I doubt that someone like Kalajic... Young and seemingly ambitious would want to come to a club to sit on the bench. There is no way he's going to get ample playing time. We've seen this with Chupa Moring whose return, frankly, has been very decent considering he almost never, ever gets to start a game and he has to come off the bench to deputize for Lewa and Lewandowski does not like not playing. He wants to play the friendlies. He wants to play the 90th 90th minute. He wants to be on the field on the 88th minute against Andorra in a game that's already settled. So we know Lewandowski by now. And speaking of Lewandowski, let's talk about the Bayern fans a little bit. Bayern fans have not taken well to how Lewandowski has been speaking about the club publicly. But also, we've heard many news about Bayern fans not being so happy about Brazo and expressing it in ways that we really shouldn't be seeing. Uh, Nick Salehamecic, I believe, Brazo's son, has been public about some of the events surrounding the situation on social media. But recently, after Mane's signing, the fans thanked Brazo thanked Hasan Salehamecic for bringing on Sadio Mane to the team. And so far, I'm one of the biggest uh, critics of Barazzo, but I will say so far, so far, business in the summer seems seems decent. He seems to have gotten decent players, uh, very talented ones who are going to be welcome additions to the squad and will not necessarily be pushing for starting berths. And he's got an established star in Mane. The last established star that went through and came at Bayern did not do great. And But for me, Mane is a proven player. And Sane remained a little bit mercurial when he moved to Bayern. But Mane is not mercurial. He has done the business at the highest level again and again and again. So basically, the fourth lesson I learned is that fans have a short memory. So if Bradso manages to keep this thing going, if he manages to, if his transfers are a success next season, fans might just forgive him for his connection to Flick's departure. Fans might just forgive him for the other troublesome news that ha, that's been coming out about Brasso, including the mishandling of Jerome Boateng's departure, Jerome Boateng being a club legend, and the mishandling of contract negotiations, waiting till the last second to extend many players, which has sort of led to Bayern's salary structure falling apart, mishandling of, let's not forget, even the Gnabry situation. I don't know why Serge wants to leave. Nobody seems to know why Serge wants to leave, even his uh, close circle, according to some reports. But... I guess uh, Brazzo was late to the game in that one, too. With that being said, I don't think Gnabry was at the top of the list when it came to important extensions, and now he might be pushed down even further with Mane coming on. I still think Mane will play in midfield rather than as a false nine type of a player. Or Nagelsmann has some, I don't know, some three-three-three-one, some crazy formation. I don't know. He's probably going to not have any defenders. I don't know how he's going to do it next season. But whatever the plan is, I don't really see Mane playing as a false nine. And I really do see him playing, you know, winger-ish role more so. Which leads me to questions about Jamal Musiala because he has been so good this season and he was so good last season that I think he might end up replacing Koman Sané, and, um, and Gnabry as the second winger of choice aside from Mane. So it might be Musiala, Müller, Mane behind a main striker next season. And Musiala would a hundred percent deserve a starting berth, and I think Bayern needs to be a little bit careful here because Musiala is so talented that the whole world has their eyes on him, and he deserves a starting berth, and he deserves to play every game. Yes, he's young, and his minutes should be managed, but by now his minutes management, his min- min- minutes management for Jamal Musiala might just mean not letting him play in the not super important games, like the first round of the Pokal, or like benching him after 60 minutes in a game which, in which Bayern is in a 3 or 4 nil lead, although that rarely happened toward the end of the season, but those are some examples. So, Muziala should not just be a squad player anymore, he should be part of the starting 11. Speaking of squad players, Bayern might still sign Conrad Limer from Arbe Leipzig. Apparently Julian Nagelsmann really wants him. And um, I guess the fifth lesson or the fifth big thing from this week for me is that if Limer gets here, things get harder for Julian Nagelsmann. Because Nagelsmann did not have an impressive first season. He had an established team. He tried to tinker too much. And I think he even admitted it himself that he did. And I thought his admission was strikingly honest. I think I was looking for Nagelsmann's honesty all season long. And I did not really get it. And there were times when I just heard the interviews. And I started questioning whether Noggs has any idea about the job at, at hand for him. Whether he has any idea what he has done to a team that was capable of winning everything. And that I believe would have had a real shot at winning the Champions League had Lewandowski not injured himself against Andorra in 2021 and oh, of holding on to the title. So it it was hard to watch Nagelsmann just tinker and try different things that a lot of seasoned Bayern fans kind of knew wouldn't work. And things didn't work. And by the end, Bayern's game on the pitch sometimes felt, soulless even and me as someone who watches pretty much every single game no matter how it was a bit disheartened to see just how much the team progressed and I put a lot of that on Nagelsmann I don't know how many people did but I did and unfortunately Nagelsmann did very little to calm my nerves to show me that he could do a better job so now these players are not coming just because Bradzo wants them to these players are also coming because Nagelsmann is having conversations with them and he's helping bring them on board and convince them and he has made Joshua Kimmich his main point of contact which I kind of think is a risky move like I get it but that position should really be for Thomas Muller. Nobody uh, gets this team better than Thomas Muller. And his first, yes, I know Thomas was not getting any younger, but his first phone call should maybe be to Muller, not to Kimmich. Uh, so, but whatever, that's not Osman's business. And I think the pressure on him next season was already going to be higher because of what happened against Villarreal and what happened against Gladbach in the Pokal. But now, With the players that Bayern is getting. And if Leimer, a player of his choice, is added to the team. The pressure will be even bigger. Because Sabitzer was a Nagelsmann transfer, pretty much. And that did not work. The player himself seems to be distanced from Nagelsmann. Throughout the season. So, now, I really wonder how Nagelsmann is planning for next season because he doesn't have that much time. We're at the end of June and season basically kicks off at the end of July. Important games are coming up and last year, remember, Bayern did not win a single preseason friendly, including a loss against Gladbach. So, time for tinkering? There isn't much of it for him. He really has to get it right from the get-go because what has happened with Bayern coaches who have had one successful-ish season who have won some trophies but who whose teams haven't played the best of the best football on the pitch they haven't lasted long in their second season Van Hal didn't last long in his second season Niko Kovac did not last long in his second season Carlo Ancelotti was gone even before the end of the Champions League group stages as I think was Kovac I think Van Hal made it past that stage. Yeah, I'm fairly sure he did. So coaches don't get that much time. Yes, Nagelsmann was an expensive hiring. Yes, Nagelsmann was given a five-year contract. And yes, Nagelsmann was the coach of choice at the time because I don't really know who else Byron could have hired aside from Ten and He wasn't about to leave his job at that point. The only thing that I got to say that I I've seen this week is that Byron is not afraid to splash when they need to I think Mane might be a necessary transfer at the beginning I didn't see his need but with the inconsistency of our wingers I'm beginning to see the need for someone like Mane especially an experienced and a proven head Uh, now though with the squad now he's at Nagelsmann is at the helm of this brilliant squad with this squad which has more depth to it than I can remember a Bayern team had in recent years, and he's really got to make good use of it because Bayern splash the cash when they need to, and I think if Nagelsmann has a poor first ten eleven weeks of the season. Byron will easily be like, okay, this was a great project. We thought Julian was the guy, but he's too young. Time to let him go and look for our options. Byron has done it again and again. Nagelsmann may be a native son. Nagelsmann may have been shown a lot of faith. Nagelsmann might have been given a long-term contract. This does not mean that Byron will stick by him if things go south, because if recent history has shown us anything, Byron is not reluctant to fire coaches when things go south let's not forget that Jupp Heynckes once upon a time was fired from the Bayern Munich job and we all know what he went on to do in his um, second third third i think stint as Bayern coach when he won everything so that's it from me samrin i hope you have enjoyed this episode of weekend warm up i know i'm not chuck I know I don't go into great detail like he does. Chuck just does this really, really well. Either way, I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, we love your feedback and appreciate all the support. Be sure to stay tuned to Bavarian Podcast Works for all your up-to-date coverage on Bayern Munich in Germany. Follow us on Twitter at Bavarian FB Works, at Jefferson Fenner, at The Barrel Blog, at Adams 71 at BFWN, and more. Let's... Uh, not forget that Teddy's son is also on our podcast these days as is um, Schnitzel uh, Schnitzel's been around for a while on the podcast too Um, and uh, we have some new folks on the site you should check out their writing they're doing great work and I hope you're enjoying all the new coverage that we're getting from the new folks and of course all the coverage that we continue to deliver as part of the original, I guess, cast of BFW writers and podcasters. Thank you and have a great evening. Take care.